0: So the Four four Noble Truths in Buddhism there's many different ways of talking about the Four Noble Truths. I mean, there are so many different ways of, of putting what they are. I mean, basically, the Four are that there are suffering. The First Noble Truth that in life there is suffering. The Second Noble Truth is that the cause of suffering is desire. The third noble truth is to end suffering is to end desire. Or another way to put it is that there's a path to end the suffering which is desire. And the fourth noble truth would be to end desire following the old (laughs) fate eight fade eightfold path And what is the eightfold path? I mean there's just so much to talk about in this subject and I'm probably going to have a gazillion podcasts on this or talks on this. Um the eightfold path. Wow. So basically there are there are eight primary ways to to try to end desire to help improve one's suffering. Um, and they are the right view, the right intention, the right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right concentration, and right mindfulness. Again, there, there are many many different ways of wording these things, but those are those are primarily the basics. Right view, is I'll kind of break this one down. I want this one to be sort of simple for people, but basically, the right view is having. It's not. It's not in 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 Buddhism or in Zen practice. It's not right or wrong. You know, you're wrong. You know, you're doing this wrong, or you know, you're doing this. You're doing this right. Good job. It's it's more like again in life. The the first noble truth is that there's suffering. Let's I, let me step back to. The Noble Truths. Okay, so there is suffering in life. And it's not like, hey, it's bad news. Life is a, life is a you know what, that is just suffering, you know. It's not saying in life that life is suffering. Saying in life there is suffering. There's such a thing as suffering. And we all experience pain and discomfort and suffering, you know, maybe. Somebody passed away. Somebody died. That's very close to you. Maybe you have an injury that's stopping you, preventing you from doing certain things. Um, you know, maybe your feelings were hurt by somebody. I mean, you name it. There's a whole slew of things that could happen to create this suffering. And, uh, but a majority, a majority of the suffering is unnecessary. We'll often hear talks about things like the second arrow, it's called. So what that means is, let's say you get hit by an arrow, and that hurts. And then the, it's always the second or third or or um, consistent arrows afterwards that may cause more pain. And by adding more arrows, what are more arrows? Fundamentally, metaphorically, they mean like, uh, I don't know, let's say somebody hurts my feelings. Somebody Says uh, some nasty words to me. Okay, there's the there's the first arrow, that's creating some suffering, some pain, some discomfort, and now I have a choice. I can let that go. Um, for allow forgiveness to that individual because you know whatever they're going through, maybe they're having a bad day or whatever. Letting it go and, and hoping they have a better day there's that's a very good practice it's very hard to do sometimes but it's a very good practice to to wish somebody well even in their rage or excitement of trying to hurt you or whatever but then i also have the choice of of adding to that the second and multiple arrows afterwards which is allowing that to stay in my head in my mind um you know to think thinking bad things about that person and hoping they suffer and so forth and so on that's adding more arrows right because um, i'm adding more to the story i'm creating negative energy and, and uh sort of a bad negative vibe behind it and that's that's the additional arrow and that's unnecessary and then that's what's creating the additional suffering is, is is desiring a different outcome. You know, it's that's why they say the cause of suffering is desire because I desire a different outcome of that situation. You'll hear this over and over and over and over again. This is to sit with, sit with what is. Sad time, just be sad. Happy time, just be happy. Eating your meal, just be there present with your meal and enjoying your meal each and every bite just being there, being present for everything. Doesn't matter, it's an experience. It's, it's positive, negative, or neutral. Most most experiences are neutral, they're just there. There's no reason to to, to to want or crave anything different. And we're all built a little bit differently too because my machine is sort of fine-tuned that it might be a little more sensitive than some, and there are some that are more sensitive than I am. But for example, if I see an animal, uh, let's say I see, a, uh, this has happened. I see a rabbit get hit by a car and, man, it really upsets me. It's just, you know, oh, you know, I just, not freak out, but I get really upset. That's sort of how I'm fine-tuned. You know, everything in nature has its own little tuning tuning dial that indicates how it should or shouldn't be. You know, it's a, the, the flavor we all have. You know, we all have commonalities, but we're all s- tuned a certain way to do just to be a little bit different and unique. And so I get a little bit sad with that. So so what? Be sad. It's okay. It's okay. You know, maybe you don't care. Maybe it doesn't bother you. That's also okay. Maybe you cry for days over it. That's okay. Although you don't want to add more suffering, more layers to it to to make it worse than it is. So so remembering that the desire behind the suffering or the, the desire behind not wanting to suffer is what's causing the suffering, that in life there is suffering. To end suffering, the third noble truth, to end suffering is to end the desire, that, that there's a path. Um, and again, the path and the fourth noble truth is the eightfold path, to follow the eightfold path. So the Eightfold Path is is something the Buddha came up with uh, um, more or less. I mean, there's a lot more to that story, but let's just say that primarily coming up with a, a, a way, practices, best practices, if you will, um, if you want to have less suffering, here are eight ways that would be the right path to choose if you want to minimize suffering a little bit minimize it you know sometimes remove it altogether. but so that's the essence of the right the word right in this is uh, and it again is not to correct you it's the, the the if you want to eliminate a little bit of suffering you want to follow this is the right path to follow Right view, uh, primarily, is is you know it's it's kind of what it indicates you know the view you have on the situation. So let's take a look at politics, which may may or may not be a very good idea, but your view on politics will affect your amount of suffering. If I view politics as being a, a rotten, corrupt, horrible, selfish, meaningless propaganda machine that just hurts and destroys the world. That's a that's one view, as opposed to a view that might be, I don't know nearly enough about politics to form a, a true judgment on on that subject. Um, You know, I don't think any of us do, but but I certainly know that I don't. But but my view on that might be that it might be that my view on politics might be that there's there's so much to learn and there's so many wonderful politicians that really work hard to make communities better and stronger and brighter. See, just those two views. The right view is just sort of having a view that may attribute to a less suffering kind of mentality and a less suffering kind of world. So that's primarily, again, I'm going to get into each of those, but that's primarily the right view. The right intention is obviously the intention you put behind things. I mean, the, everything you do in life, it, you know, whether it's either in the martial arts or if it's building a project or if it's designing something or saying something to somebody, anything you do, anything you think, anything you exert yourself out mentally or physically with your hands, with your your mouth, with your words, with your thoughts, whatever, even with your eyes, when you look at things, the intention behind it, pretend that it's an intention machine that's driven by your spirit, your soul, your mind, is you're intending to do something. So the right intention is meant to say, to make your intentions a good intention. I intend to be kind and generous to you and loving to you or I intend to be mean and arrogant and violent to you you know that's a whole different intention right so the intention is obviously going to be led to more of a, a positivity a positive spirit a kind loving non-harmful way I mean whether it be in Buddhism there there, there are a number of things that attribute, attribute to a good quality uh, way of life just as, as in Christianity with the uh, the Ten Commandments, although there are a lot more commandments, but the Ten Primary Commandments, you know, to have a good, wholesome lifestyle. Um, so you do no harm to others. I mean, primarily that's what it is, but there's there's more to talk about on that subject. But, you know, the intention would be that of non-harm, of wanting to think kindly and uh, in a loving way to others is is really, really important um, to be on this path, on this eightfold path. So the intention right intention. So you have the right view, how I see things, the right intention. I intend to be kind and caring and loving and nurturing and and want to protect and wish kindness on all beings, right? The next would be, let's say, right speech. So right speech again, think of the power of your words, the powers of power of my words right now, or that, you know, my, my view is that I think most people, most everybody in the world is just are good people. They have something incredible to offer. Um, my intention is that I, I want to share everything I'm learning with spirituality and Zen and Buddhism and Christianity and other things with others and hope that I connect and help you help others get on the same path. That's my intention. Right speech would be that I intend to speak words of this kind of kindness and um, wanting others to be in a good intention, good view mentality as well. Right. But right speech think about the horrible speech out there social media there's so much so much violent speech no violence you don't want violence in your speech you want it to be again kind caring nurturing loving respectful dignified yes sometimes powerful sometimes you can speak up sometimes you can speak quite quite loudly and quite clearly to get your point across and that's that's good but, but making sure you're watching that tuning knob on your speech to make sure that it's along the path, the good path, the right path, the one going to the right side, which is for less suffering for yourself and others. Next would be right action, you know, taking the right actions. Uh, that's super important, too, because whatever action, we're, we're always in a position where we can make a right action, you know, um, right or wrong action like eh, i guess yeah i guess it could be right or wrong action but let's think of it instead of whatever action it is that i'm going to take or intend on taking number two right intention remember but whatever i'm going to act on can be again let's go up in the positive energies here let's 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 pretend there's numbers up in the thousands we'll call this god energy up here way up here i'm holding my hand up high and we want to step here whoa, 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 whoa. The, keep the the energy up top here, and the actions we're taking are up here. And up here is where love and kindness and dig- dignity and respect and, and and being courteous and and, my, and mindful and, and uh, empathetic and uh, sympathetic to people and you know and and nature. You know, I care about nature. I care about the trees. I care about the environment. The actions I take, if they're aligned with that, are going to have a far different outcome than. Um, actions that, and there's plenty of it now, actions out there that, that are detrimental. They create a lot of suffering, war, violence, hatred. Um, you know, so, so think about the action, whatever action it is you're going to do. It could be whether you intentionally, if you intend on stepping on a bug, why are you stepping on that bug Um, if you intend on sending a hate, hate note or hate speech, why are you doing that? You know, you have to think about what's fueling that. And if you intend on being on a path of less suffering, you want to think about that very, very closely and very, very carefully, uh, because the right action will keep you on the right path. Right. Livelihood. I learned this at a very young age. Um, actually from my Nana, my grandmother who, who shared this and, um, she was talking about, she sent me an article about when I was in graphic design, how important it was to remember that what it is I'm doing visually as a creative artist has a, can have a profound effect on, on humanity. So, for example... Never getting involved, I made the conscious decision to never be involved in anything harmful with my creativity and imagination. You know, for example, ad campaigns. Never involved myself with drugs, cigarettes, alcohol, or any kind of violence or whatever. I've turned work away many, many times for that. In fact, the the opposite is true. I like to volunteer a lot for for cool, good things that, that may help others, you know, be it churches or children organizations and things like that. You know, is your livelihood attributed to destroying forests and cutting down masses of trees just for the the, the sake of uh, a large industry and profitable businesses? Just something to think about. Is your livelihood about putting up giant wind farms that tend to kill birds and bees and things like this? I, I don't know if that's true. I'm just sort of coming up with things. But think about the livelihood that you're in, why you're in it. Um and again this is for people that that care to make this matter if you if you want to have less suffering in your life and others too because uh your livelihood if i'm selling uh forgive me uh uh you drinkers out there but if if i'm selling alcohol i'm attributing to an alcohol problem to a lot of people because a lot of people suffer with that and yes there's individual responsibility but um It's my livelihood that I have to be responsible for and your livelihood that you have to be responsible for. So think about the livelihood you're in and how that affects your and other lives too because that livelihood will make a difference on your quote-unquote right path, the right effort would be next, and that's, again, putting an effort. Effort and intention are, are... You could put effort into... How much effort you put into your livelihood, how much effort you put into your action, speech, intention, or view, but effort, right effort. What effort are you putting in? Um, so this is interesting. This is tricky because... So if I want to do a project or I want to do something for somebody or even for myself or whatever, anything you want to do... Putting in the right effort. Again, there's sort of an intention behind that. There's an action behind that and a view behind that. But the effort is doing it for the right reasons, not for the wrong reasons. And what are the right reasons? Again, if it's affecting you or others in a positive way, in a kind, loving, nurturing way, then it's 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 going to be on the quote unquote right Path, right so wrong effort or, or or not so wise effort would be rushing through it just to get it over with or rushing so fast that you injure yourself or others and and again there's so much more to this I, I really get I get excited to think about all the possibilities here but anyway you know putting putting the right effort in helps keep you on a less desirous suffering path. Seventh, we'd have right concentration. Um, again, this has a lot of different meanings behind it. But you know, putting our concentration on on certain things, um, concentrating my attention on something um, something negative, putting my concentration on something positive, or one could um, allude to the fact that the concentration is like. I'm going to concentrate on uh, reading this article on how I'm going to become a kinder person. Or I'm going to concentrate on why that person is a jerk, so to speak. You know, and again, that, that goes back into speech though too, you know, right speech and right intention. But so concentration. You know, what what what, what you concentrate on? Is uh, is definitely very important on this path to uh, to enlightenment. Um, and last, we you know, caught call, call it mindfulness, right? Mindfulness, being mindful of of what it is you're doing and why you're doing it is, I think, one of the most helpful things in human life, because whatever it is you you're mindful of it. no matter what it is even right now talking i'm mindful of what i am saying and what's coming out of my mouth i'm mindful where my feet are i'm mindful where i'm sitting my hand position i'm mindful of the light coming through the window through the computer and things the sound in my ears you know mindful being mindful is being awake to everything you're sort of just just aware of everything and, be, and right mindfulness is actually really important because if I'm going to do a task, I need to be mindful of that task or I'm wise to be mindful of that task. Now, why is that? Because how many times, how many things in, during a day do we do that we're unmindful of or not mindful of? How many times do we get something done and we, we forget we did it or we just you think back to how many things you do in a day and you're like, "Huh, I remember doing that." Or I lost where I put my keys, you know, cuz you know, we're not very mindful. But if you if you're very slow and methodical, at least just at least not rushing and you're mindful. So, like as an experiment, take your right hand and hold it up and look at it. And now slowly Move your hand away from you and go. Your intention is to put your hand on the desk, but do it slowly and watch it. Go down to the desk or the lap, your lap, or wherever. Put it down gently and slowly, but I want you to watch it and I want you to feel what it feels like to put your hand down on the desk and feel like I'm doing it now. I can feel my palm, my fingertips. Is it cold? Yeah, mine's, mine's a little cold under there. The paper's cold. Part of the table's cold. You know, do you feel tingly sensations? Do you feel air? I feel air breezing across my hand from the window. That's being mindful of just putting your hand down. Uh, you know, there's mindfulness practice. Uh, oh, boy. Mindfulness practice is huge, but, you you know, when you're meditating, you're being mindful. When you're walking medita- doing walking meditation or standing meditation, you can be mindful So if I'm doing standing meditation, I'm being mindful of my body, mindful of my breath. I'm feeling everything. I'm calming my mind, calming my soul, calming my spirit so that I can feel everything. And you do it over and over and over again just regularly. Washing your hands, brushing your teeth, eating your meals, speaking, listening, which is probably one of my biggest sufferings. I <laughs> try to listen more to people instead of talking so much. But being mindful of things teaches us to be the best we can be because that's ultimately what we're here for. We we are created for a reason and we're really supposed to connect to this type of thing so that we are the best version of ourselves that we can be. So those are primarily the, uh, the Eightfold Path. View, intention, speech, action, livelihood, effort, concentration, and mindfulness. There are four noble truths in life. There's suffering. The cause of suffering is desire. Well, actually, it's really really that there's suffering, and there's a cause for the suffering. And then there's an end to the suffering, and then there's a way to the end of the suffering. That's really the Four Noble Truths. But if we were to elaborate a little bit more, it would be in life there is suffering. Number two is there's a cause of suffering, and it's called desire. To end suffering is to end desire. And to end desire, you follow the Eightfold Path. Think about all the things in your life that you desire, you know, be it a new car, new boat, a new, new, new house, new clothing, a new, a new partner in life, a new wife, new husband or whatever. There is a tremendous amount of suffering behind that. And the more mindful you become, you actually start to feel and see the mental anguish. It's sort of a weird, invisible energy that doesn't even, doesn't even, it's not even real, but it feels real. And it shows up in the body because we hold our, we hold our pain in our body because where else is it going to go? It starts in our mind and then we hold it in our body. You know, we have our tight knots in our shoulders and our back or legs or wherever we hold it. But uh, the desire, when we desire something, um, say you want a new car or you think you need it. You think you want a new car key word is want you know want i want i want i want to have i gotta have and when you have it you have it then it's not so new anymore so the letting go part is releasing the grip uh creates less suffering because there's less desire there are healthy desires and there are unhealthy desires a healthy desire might be you know I want to drink a water because I'm thirsty. A healthy desire might be I'm hungry. I want to eat something delicious and nutritious. You know, there's your intention, effort, concentration, and mindfulness in action. All all of these eightfold path can go into eating the right stuff, drinking the right stuff, sleeping, thinking the right way. All of these things, right? But there's healthy desires, unhealthy desires, and unhealthy desires are things that take you away from yourself. So I might desire, let's say, I'm desiring alcohol um and to be mindful and concentrate on look it sounds silly but you know to, to, to make myself feel less angry and I don't know less less depressed or something I might have a drink or something maybe that's why people drink I don't know um, I long time ago I, I was there that's for another story but you gotta look at that, you know, because an unhealthy desire might be that, whereas a healthier desire might be I don't need anything to be free. You know, you can you can be free without all of that stuff. And I'm telling you, it it is that easy. It takes a lot of not a lot of practice, it takes a little bit of practice, it takes more dedication than anything that I'm 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 all set with all this. I'm going to change my life. I want to be the better version of myself. And I'm going to commit to this. And it takes a very short time to start getting into this groove, this pattern of, of living a, a, a God-centered life or basing my life on these four noble truths. And, and maybe the Eightfold Path is right for you. And again, it's not to say that you're on the wrong path. It's to say, look, here's eight different things that, that might help you to have a less suffering lifestyle. So I think it's worth examining and I certainly encourage you to, uh, to do that and think for yourself. So concentrate on the Four Noble Truths, remember these. Suffering, there's a cause for the suffering. There's an end to the suffering. Therefore, there's a path to end the suffering. And that would be the eightfold path.